Hey everyone, it's Natalie Satare, your makeup educator and beauty coach here, and today's episode is all about 2021. As we wrap up the year, I am going to be sharing some of the biggest news you may or may not know happened in the beauty industry to include trends that we saw, to include beetles and bugs and makeup technology. I'm going to be talking about some of the celebrity brands that launched this year as well as some of the brands that we lost. And I'm also going to share with you some of my insights and see whether or not it's going to pan out. So without further ado, you are listening to the Be Your Own Makeup Artist podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Satoray, former military officer turned professional and award-winning makeup artist and educator and author of the book, Be Your Own Makeup Artist. This podcast is for makeup enthusiasts, makeup artists, and everyone in between. I share insights about the beauty industry, invite industry experts, and try to keep the content more about makeup education and less about buying this or that. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, so let's set the scene before we dive into 2021 because 2020 just did not look good on the beauty industry. We had lots of different things happening. We had a lot of people at home working from home, those of us who were fortunate to do that. We had a lot of people keeping the world alive and running and delivering things for us and stocking the shelves and of course healthcare workers and they were developing mask knee way before we were, right? We were in lockdown. So we have mask we have this no more social life kind of thing happening and really nobody was wearing makeup in 2020 it just wasn't a thing people were focusing on skin they were focusing on taking care of themselves and wellness and we're still seeing this into 2021 which is good at the same time that nobody's wearing makeup and everybody is taking care of their skin and trying to fix their mask knee situation makeup companies are really freaking out because they don't know how to sell their products in a safe and sanitary way i have written why before you should hire a makeup artist to do your makeup instead of going to a makeup counter and and one of the reasons is because it's just unsanitary. I will link that um, blog post in the show notes. You can read the reasons why you should hire a pro versus going versus not hiring a pro. And one of them has to do with sanitation. That is a, a different conversation for a different time. But makeup companies are freaking out because they do not know how to sell makeup online. A lot of the companies got really smart and they spent a lot of money on marketing. They really deepened relationships with online influencers, especially influencers in TikTok. If you know how influencer marketing works, then you know how important this is and how good it can be. We also know how bad it can be. We will talk about that later in the episode when we talk about some of the brands closing because that could be a reason why brands close is because of this whole influencer collaboration relationship with these big brands. We'll get to that later in the episode. But makeup companies are really scrambling to enhance product descriptions, be more transparent about what's in their makeup, which is a good thing, and put more inclusive imagery on there and create virtual reality events and foundation matching. And you know, you can upload your picture and see how makeup's gonna look on you. And this is all good things. So going to 2021, <laughs> the online shopping experience for makeup is great. I do think that the, the makeup companies that haven't worked on that or who are still kind of staying in the four times, like the before COVID times, I, I don't know how they're gonna fare. Cause I think once people shift to online shopping, it's really hard to convince them to 
to go back into the stores, especially when here in Germany we're having another surge and people are back at home. People are taking care of their skin, makeup businesses are scrambling to sell their makeup. And then 2021, we enter 2021 and we have a vaccine and more and more people are getting vaccinated and more and more people are leaving their house or their homes. You know, restrictions are easing up around the world. So people are socializing more. And what happened? Everybody wants to wear makeup again. Yay! Everybody is excited to express themselves in new ways. They have for the last year really re-examined their makeup and skincare habits, which is good. They're coming into 2021 with good skin. And also they've had time to really figure out and hone in on who they are as an individual. And this is nice. I feel like the makeup of 2021 and like what I have seen has just been a lot more refreshing. We're not seeing these stamped on eyebrows, we're seeing thinner brows, we're seeing good skin, and we're seeing lots of fun graphic eyeliner, bold eyeshadow, negative space eyeliner. It's kind of my favorite. I just tried that the other day. I didn't, I was a skeptic until I did it on myself and I'm like, yes, graphic eyeliner, really cool. One thing that really stuck out to me when I was researching for this episode, and I think this was posted from Kevin James Bennett. I have to give credit where credit is due. He had posted posted in one of the makeup artist groups that I'm in how grunge makeup also made a comeback in 2021. That those are your dark greens, your army green, your navy blues, your, you know, your, your blacks, your dirty grays. That made a big surge in 2021. And I don't know why, but I'm wondering if it has to do with the Travis Barker and Kourtney Kardashian relationship and this whole rock grunge thing thing. I'm not saying that I love the Kardashians and I don't hate them, but I cannot deny that they are extremely influential. So maybe goth and rock is back. Um, who knows? We'll see. Like I mentioned, we did start seeing more transparency and in ingredients, which is good. I think that's going to be here to stay. I don't think that <laughs> seeing the ingredient list really means a lot unless you really know ingredients. So I am not a cosmetic chemist. I don't know how all these ingredients work. I do know kind of the good ingredients that you're going to want to see and the bad ingredients. But really, we're starting to see ingredient lists, which is good. And that is going to really push brands who haven't been showing their ingredient to start publishing those. And though I'm looking at you luxury brands. I'm looking at you prestige brands. They are notorious for kind of keeping their ingredient lists under wrap. And I think that they say that it's because they don't want people to copy them. Well, try copying, you know, a makeup ingredient. It's, it's hard from an ingredient list. I think that they just don't want you to see that there might be fragrance in there or, I mean, to me, it's like, what are they trying to hide? So I, I think that we're going to start seeing more transparency in ingredients. And I think the companies that are not being transparent are going to have a harder time keeping up going into 2022. Make sure to check out episode 32 on sustainable beauty because we talk, um, Monique and I talked, she is my podcast manager and she and I talked about sustainable beauty. It was an awesome episode and we put a lot of great tips and tricks on how to be more sustainable and educated, an educated consumer all in that episode. It was great. So with that being said, a huge announcement that people have been waiting for for years came from Hourglass Cosmetics. They released a vegan Carmine alternative red lipstick numbered Red 
zero. Now, you may not know this, you might know this if you are a makeup artist or if you are interested in pigments and the ingredients of makeup, but most red cosmetic pigments are made from crushed cochineal beetles. And I know I'm saying it wrong, but they're, they're little bugs, they're little beetles. These beetles, for hundreds of years, have been used to make a red pigment that can be added to your cosmetics or to your food, coloring, stuff like that. So these beetles are bred, dried, crushed, and boiled. <laughs> I have included a photo of this beetle in the show notes so you can see what it looks like. I am, I, I am not a vegan. I, I do believe in in cruelty free it is it's been this has been really hard for people because you need a red lipstick and carmine is pretty much the main ingredient for any red pigment so it's been this is huge right especially for the vegan community and the cruelty free community this is not to guilt you or anything. I do own red lipstick and it does have carmine in it. Of course, now that there is an alternative, I'm going to go with that. But just so you know, and to kind of put numbers to this, about 70,000 of these beetles are killed to make one pound of carmine. And you're like, well, what, what's one pound of carmine? It takes about 1,000 of these crushed female beetles to create the red hue in just one single tube of lipstick. So if you think of all the different red lipsticks in the world from all the different brands, that's a lot of beetles. This is really huge news. I think we're all kind of wondering if Hourglass is going to share this recipe with the world and with other companies or if they're going to keep it in-house. I really hope that they do the right thing and I really hope that they share it with the world and make this can we all enjoy a vegan carmine red? I think we all deserve that. So that's really interesting. I don't want you to go throw away your red lipstick. Keep it. You've already been using it for a long time. For hundreds of years, it's been used. But moving forward, just know that there is an alternative out there. You can buy it now with Hourglass. And hopefully down the road, more beauty brands will be using this vegan carmine red. So that's good. So let's just take a quick, nice, let's let's change subjects because the beetle thing can be a little bit depressing. Let's talk about celebrity brands that are launching. There's been so many celebrity brands. I feel like every day another celebrity is launching a brand. If you know Fenty, Fenty Beauty is, was founded by our bad girl Riri, Rihanna. She launched that brand in September of 2017, which has become one of the biggest celebrity-owned cosmetic brands. And she really kind of inspired all these other celebrities to do it. There were several before then, but hers really kind of laid the groundwork for a lot of others to follow. And what she did was genius. She actually put out a really inclusive shade range that really changed the, the entire industry. She shook up the industry and people are copying her. And that's a good thing because we need more inclusivity in our makeup selection. And yeah, if she, she did it, she kind of set the tone like, hey, all of you guys, I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to represent a human family and not just Caucasian women, right? 
So we also have in 2019, you know, Victoria Beckham launched her line, Lady Gaga launched her line, House Laboratories. In 2020, we had Lauren Conrad launch Lauren Conrad Beauty, Selena Gomez launched Rare Beauty, Drew Barrymore, she launched Flower Beauty in 2020. And don't even get me started on all of the influencers and social media celebrities who launched brands. I'm not talking about hair care because that's like a whole nother game. We're just talking about beauty. So yes, I do know that there are lots of hair, like Gabrielle Union and Jennifer Aniston and Tracy Ross. I think they all did hairlines. So that's cool. But celebrities, what is the number one celebrity who should have had a line forever? J-Lo. So J-Lo finally launched her beauty line in January of 2021. January 1st to be exact, because she wants to be first, right? She launched her brand beauty has no expiration date jlo doesn't expire of course she works really hard and she has an amazing career and i can only imagine how much her career takes a toll on her body but she does take care of herself she has the resources to take care of herself so i kind of have this love hate really like yes she looks amazing but she also has the resources to look amazing but that doesn't mean she doesn't have a hard life like i don't she's had work done we all know this so Anyways, beauty has no expiration date. She's really trying to cater to, you know, women of age, right? Women in her age range. She's in her 50s. So before I gush about the brand, I got to point this out. Hopefully I'm manifesting an interview with Scott Barnes, which I'll get to in a second. But there is the highlighters that made JLo popular. They were made by a brand that no longer exists by Tony and Tina. If you know this brand, let me know. I still own these two highlighters. They created that iconic 90s glow and I I wore them every day. And I still have two. One is almost empty. The other one I'm like preserving forever because these were the most beautiful highlighters I've ever seen. Nothing has ever come close to these highlighters. And honestly, when I heard that she was launching a line, I really thought she would be launching highlighters because she's known for that J-Lo glow. But you won't actually find an ounce of pigment in her line. She launched a skincare line, I think six products or seven products, where you can get her glow in a bottle. I think she says that all the time. Now, I haven't personally used or handled any of her products. Of course, her website and packaging are quintessentially J-Lo with the pretty sparkly gold everywhere. The price point is, I think, of course, a little bit overpriced for what you get. The packaging is really pretty, looks pretty on a vanity, looks pretty in a a medicine cabinet or on Instagram. And I, I do appreciate beautiful packaging, but as I'm getting older, maybe more salty, I'm like, is that easily recyclable or do you have a recycling program? I I look at the packaging now a lot differently. Again, check out that episode on sustainability and you'll know why this is important because we go through all the stats of the amount of waste created from packaging. So I wish that she would have been a little bit more mindful of that. I feel like she should have launched this line a long time ago. I think this is a little too late. What do you think? Please let me know. This is a conversation. I do want to say though, if you want to achieve a JLo glow with actual makeup and not another skincare line, go check out her her longtime, I think, former makeup artist, Scott Barnes. He launched a line last year and he is really the makeup artist who is credited for giving Jennifer Lopez her JLo glow along with many other A-less celebrities. And he released a really highly pigmented, very sparkly and beautiful makeup line. And I do know he has brushes too. I am really 
going to work hard in 2022 to get him on this show. I'm putting it out there. I would love to interview him. So if you want to get the JLo glow in makeup, just go follow her makeup artist. She did switch makeup artists to her other makeup artist, Mary Phillips, another great makeup artist. And I'm always wondering, like, is there bad blood between the two? Because Scott Barnes launched his makeup line and then she announced hers. And I'm wondering if there's something there. Can't find anything. If you know something, let me know. Another big celebrity to launch a beauty brand in 2021 is Alicia Keys, which you might be like, doesn't she not wear makeup anymore? But let's rewind. Alicia Keys launched her brand, Keys Soul Care, in collaboration with Elf Cosmetics, and I am so here for this. Alicia Keys has always been one of my makeup icons. Do you remember her rhinestone eyeliner? I mean, if you do, I'm dating myself. Her rhinestone eyeliner, that was in my makeup journal. And I do remember when she famously stepped back from wearing makeup and going natural a few years ago, and I was really proud of her and that decision, even though I I knew I would miss seeing her in makeup and her iconic looks. I do think that wearing makeup is so liberating and fun and it's a great way to express herself. However, confidently not wearing makeup is equally important. And I teach that in all the programs that I offer. It's not just wearing makeup, it's also confidently not wearing makeup. I'm really proud of her. I cannot imagine the toll it would take on your skin to be a celebrity and wearing makeup all day, every day for your job. So proud of her. It's liberating. Go follow her makeup artist, Ditto, and she She is a really fantastic makeup artist and she is kind of a less is more, no makeup, skin is in kind of of makeup artist. So you can always check her out and and kind of see how Alicia Keys is doing her makeup in this no makeup makeup world. No makeup makeup is still makeup, you guys. So anyways, again, I would love to have Alicia Keys on the show to talk about this or somebody from her company because when I was perusing the line online, I really, I I could really see the love. She partnered with experts, so I don't think she private labeled anything. I think she really put a lot of her heart and soul into the line. Again, no experience with the line. Can't speak to that. Looking at the candle, Elf is a great brand. It's a hidden gem company. Another big name celebrity who launched their line is the mega influencer Nikki, Nikki DeJager, aka Nikki of Nikki Tutorials. She is like 14 million followers or subscribers on YouTube. I don't even know how many millions on Instagram. She launched her line, Nimia. I really want to learn more about her line, how she's doing it. I know she self-funded it. That was a big deal. We had actress Vanessa Hudgens and her friend Madison Beer. They launched a DNA-based skincare line, No Beauty. Singer Housley launched About Face in January. Influencer Becky G launched Tres Luce, honoring her Mexican-American heritage. Those colors are beautiful. I I took a look at her color stories in her palettes and they were really beautiful. I haven't used any of these. I don't, I can't speak to them, but those are the big kind of celebrity brands that emerged in 2021. 2022, we're looking at Ariana Grande, I think REM Cosmetics, Cardi B's launching a line, Hailey Bieber's launching a line, Scarlett Johansson, I feel like Pharrell. I mean, there's so many celebrities launching lines. These are official rumors. You can go find and learn more. If there's a brand that you're looking forward to seeing, let me know. I want to read up and get smart about them. And at the same time that I'm talking about all of these celebrity brands, and it's so exciting, while I was researching for this episode, there were a lot of celebrity lines that have closed 
I mean, I think Selma Hayek had a line, Ava Mendes had a line, and they like no longer exist. So I think launching a brand is one thing, but staying relevant and staying open is another thing. What do you guys think? Do you think these are going to make it? Is this going to test the time or are they just going to fade into the wind? I don't know. With that being said, we had to say goodbye to two major brands in 2021, Becca Cosmetics and Prescriptive. So Becca was a very well-known brand, very popular. They were, I think that their complexion products were amazing. Their foundations were amazing, but that wasn't sexy and they kind of reinvented themselves and Estee Lauder bought them in 2016 and they became really popular for highlighters and they did lots of collaborations with their highlighters. I think the most famous one was with the influencer Jaclyn Hill and Champagne Pop. So that was a collaboration, a brand collaboration. And when they announced that they were closing, a lot of people, a lot of the fans were really shocked and surprised, like how could this happen? But a lot of insiders kind of saw this coming because sales had been declining, could have been because of the pandemic, but it could have been because of a rush to create all of these different collaboration products. And we can unpack a lot with collaborations, with cosmetic brand collaborations and how well they do. There's a lot to unpack we won't go there, but we lost Becca in 2021 and I loved Opal. I don't know how I'm going to update all of my blog posts where I recommended Becca Opal. That was my highlighter. It wasn't as good as Tony and Tina. Nothing has come close, but that was kind of the next best thing. So we said goodbye to Becca. We also said goodbye to prescriptives. Now, please, 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 if you loved prescriptives, please send me a message. Can we just be best friends? Because prescriptives was my original gangster foundation. They were the very first liquid foundation that I wore and they were kind of one of the first cosmetic brands that would match you and mix your foundation right in front of your face, custom to your skin tone. So they were all about color theory and they were doing this in the 90s and it was great. It was great. They were a great brand. They had a really awesome foundation brush. By the way, I have two of them. They are still holding up very well here like 20 years later, 30, I don't know, 20 years later, we we had to say goodbye and they just, they couldn't, they couldn't hang. The beauty industry is a rough place and I think that this is something that is so interesting to me. I find the acquisition and the selling of companies and growth I find this so interesting and fascinating. In my book, if you have a copy of my book, I even have a section about the business of makeup so that you can understand how it works so that when you go out and buy products, you can make educated decisions of, okay, this product is owned, you know, they do their own in-house research and development. This brand was acquired by L'Oreal or Estee Lauder, or this brand was acquired by Cody or Kenzo or Louis Vuitton. So anyways, when you know all of the different brand families and you know where your favorite makeup products fall in these big brand families or if they are still doing everything on their own, then you can make really educated decisions and also make edu educated decisions on where you want to spend your money, right? So it's it's fascinating. If you don't have a copy of my book, go, go grab it. You can get it at my shop. You can get it on Amazon. I'll link it in the show notes. You don't need to become an expert at this. You can go down the rabbit hole, but it is really important. I think being a smart consumer is 
important if we're going to be spending our money on things and supporting brands. It's important to know where your money is going. Let's talk about some of the biggest brand acquisitions of 2021. You might not know this, but Kat Von D was kind of a reality TV star. She was on Miami Inc. and then later um, LA Inc. So she would do these crazy tattoos and she really, she really got popular. She wrote four books. She created her own makeup line called Kat Von D Beauty. She had really famous matte lipsticks and eyeliners. She had great makeup brushes. She, you know, she had a full line and she was vegan. There was controversy with some of the names of her colors. One was, I think she had a eyeshadow or a lipstick called underage red and so she was a little bit controversial and a lot of people started to boycott her brand and she would be very outspoken on her in her personal life about her position on vaccinations things like that and I think I don't know if the pressure got to her but in late 2020 Kat Von D she sold her entire makeup empire and moved from California to Indiana she sold her brand her entire makeup line to Kendo. And Kendo is another makeup company that she was working with. And they actually didn't, they renamed her brand to KVD Vegan Beauty. And it was Kat Von D. And they're really trying to say that it has nothing to do with Kat Von D anymore, but they kept the name KVD. It's weird. I actually don't mind (laughs) buying KVD anymore. I did personally kind of stop supporting her line, but you do you. KVD Vegan Beauty, curious to know if they have a vegan red. Go look. Let's see. Estee Lauder also acquired the rest of Decium. Decium is the parent company of The Ordinary. Estee Lauder also acquired Becca, Bobby Brown, and Mac, right? So I really hope that they manage Decium well. I don't know. Time will tell. We don't know these big acquisitions, you just never know what's going to happen to brands. And then KKW Beauty, Kim Kardashian West Beauty, sold a 20% stake of their brand, of her brand, to Cody. That's another big brand conglomerate. And the year prior, Kylie of Kylie Cosmetics sold 51% stake to Cody, you know, the year before. So I think, I mean, I don't know, but I think they're posturing themselves for the Kardashian-Jenner clan to really have a massive global influence and reach through Cody and their beauty products in the beauty industry. I don't know. We'll see. What do you think? So that those are some of the biggest news topics from 2021. What's new for 2022? Some of the trends are, you know, skincare to combat stress, high coverage, long-lasting products, sustainability. People are heading back to the salon and spas. Sample and travel sizes are back in demand. We have a really big glass packaging shortage. Supply chain is like ridiculous right now. It's really hard for makeup companies to get the packaging or to get the ingredients they need. There's just so many things and dynamics going into play that I I don't know how some of these trends are going to work. We have right now kind of shimmer and glitter is really big. I think it's going to get bigger in 2022. Neons might come back. Neon eyes and high gloss lips, which I love. I love a glossy lip. I don't know what's going to happen in 2022. 22 with trends. I don't know. We don't know. This is a different world we're living in. But I did want to end this episode with some of the big news from 2021 for me, from my brand. A lot of people are asking, I've been kind of quiet in terms of working. I haven't really taken any 
major client work as a makeup artist this year. And last year, as many of you know, I moved from from Wiesbaden, Germany to Stuttgart, Germany. And I'm, I'm really leaning in and loving being a makeup educator. And I love teaching people how to wear makeup. And I love coaching makeup artists on how to grow their business. And I have found that I love doing that so much more than actually doing makeup on paying clients. I do love doing that too, but what do I love more? So this past year, I have really sat with myself and been like, well, what, what can I do that really has a bigger impact? Two of the things that, it's really exciting. We launched Create Your Signature Look in 20. Well, we, we launched it earlier this year, 2021 in spring, and we almost sold out. It's a very limited space program. This is a full image consulting program. It's 12 weeks. And we I launched that with Tammy Parrish. We've done a number of podcast episodes and blog posts talking about the program. We launched that in the spring and we launched it in the fall. And we've had enough feedback from everybody in these programs to launch for next year, Create Your Signature Look 3.0, which is going to be amazing. We have taken all of the feedback, everything we've learned from this year and put it into Create Your Signature Look 3.0 for 2022. Now, if you don't know what Create Your Signature Look is, this is a 12-week image consulting program. It is really the only way to work with me one-on-one. I love doing private lessons. It's fun and I love teaching, but I love the cohesiveness of seeing from start to finish, like an actual transformation. Like it's not just, let me teach you how to put on blush like let's first get to what do you love what are your colors I need to do color analysis on you I need to see what your colors are I also need to know your personality and your lifestyle to make that work I have developed this create your signature look and I've partnered with Tammy Parrish to do the style part of that so that you can really have your own signature look and be really confident in your appearance It's awesome. It is life-changing. For 2022, we're actually going to have a makeup-only track, which is going to be 10 weeks, and we're going to have a style-only track, which is going to be 10 weeks. And of course, we have the style and makeup track, the 12-week program. I've poured my heart and soul into this. It is the way to work with me one-on-one and Tammy Parrish, if you also want styling. We are launching the dates soon, and you can go to Create Your Signature look.com. It's all linked in the show notes. You can go and learn more. You can reserve your spot. There are only eight spaces per program. So each season is only eight spaces. So it is a very limited space, but it is high impact. It is high touch and it is life-changing. So that was a big part of 2021 for me. Also, I am finally launching my Makeup for Beginners Learn Makeup in One Week course. Many of you know I've already written a book, Be Your Own Makeup Artist, Unleash Your Inner Beauty. I self-published that book in 2019 and honestly, I did not think that it would grow and be what it is today. I did not know that it would be sold in dozens of countries and I didn't know that it would be translated in German. I did not know that it would be turned into curriculum for cosmetology school. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying that I wrote this book with a passion 
to make makeup very simple and approachable and easy to understand and inclusive. And I did not want it to be about selling products or doing these crazy eyeshadow looks or like all of these trends. Like I wanted people to understand the business side of things and understand how to find their undertones and know their skin type. And I wanted to make sure that the foundation of before you even put any makeup on your face, I wanted to make sure that you had an understanding so that you could go and be like, okay, well, I have really dry skin and these are my concerns and these are my preferences. So I, and I want to support these types of brands so I can confidently go out and now buy this product and practice using this product and know that it's going to work, right? So my whole book was kind of designed with that in mind because that's what I was doing in my private lessons. And that book has been such a blessing and I love it. However, what is missing is something that's even more easy to digest, right? Makeup is not for everybody. It can be. And so I created the Makeup for Beginners online course. We do have the Makeup for Beginners digital guide, which it's $9.99. It's on my website and it's just four steps. It'll teach you how to wear makeup in four steps. You'll be able to easily kind of learn makeup with this unsponsored inclusive guide. You don't have to worry. I'm not selling your data. You can just learn it, get to the bottom. It's a Reader's Digest version of my book. But I wanted to create like a course that actually kind of held your hand a little bit more to teach you basic rules of makeup. And you could learn it in one week. Of course, once you sign up, you have every day you can learn it in one day or you can spread it out. It is intentionally to be spread out about uh, around seven days. So you can go to makeupforbeginners.com. You can learn more about the course. You can sign up for the course, but that is really the perfect entryway into makeup. Whether you know, if you want to relearn makeup, then you can do that with Makeup for Beginners. If you want to learn how to wear makeup, this is for you. If you want to gift somebody the gift of learning how to wear makeup, this is for them. This is bare basic foundation, not selling your information to anybody. I'm not pushing products on you. It is inclusively written, meaning any age, any race, any gender, you can go and learn makeup and confidently springboard into all of the other fun fancy things, which everybody does already. So I, I don't do that. With that being said, those are the two big announcements that I have, the create your signature look and the makeup for beginners. Those are my big news from 2021. I did create a Patreon account. If you want to support my content, if you want to gift me a cup of coffee, I will gladly take that. You can go over to patreon.com slash Natalie Setare. I have kept this podcast and I have kept all my content free for you, which basically means I finance it in hopes that I serve you and that you, that we build this relationship and that if you feel compelled to invest in any of my programs, you do or share with your friends, whatever. Patreon is a way that if you did want to help me with that, you can. No pressure. I do this because I love this and I love you guys. Make sure to follow me on social media. Sharing this episode with a friend costs you nothing and it does so much for me. And you can also hop on my email list. Whether you are a professional makeup artist, whether you are an enthusiast or you're an eager learner, um, you can go over to nataliesatray.com and you can pick your preferences and make sure that you get monthly content that will coach you and that will give you good tips and tricks. All of the sources are linked in the show notes. Until then... Stay healthy and stay beautiful. See you next month.